Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. Today we've got Tim Progress from the WTF Festival up in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, which if you're listening right now, it's happening tonight. It starts tonight. Tim, welcome. You must be uh, running around like crazy. Yeah, my apologies. I, I, I am running around crazy, but that's what uh, festival life is like. And no matter how much planning you do, um, when it gets to actually installing things and doing things, there's always uh, adjustments have to be made. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons for our, our podcast today. We're talking about this is your second year doing WTF up in Sault Ste. Marie. And, you right. know, sometimes it takes two or three years for a festival to catch on. What, what are you experiencing this year that's different from last year? Well, well, the first thing, Dave, is the first year when you're doing a festival, when you go and you do your prep, everybody's very enthusiastic. The whole town gets involved and we're doing something new here. And uh, um, there's two theories of thought. In the first year, you do something small and build it or you launch with a big bang. Well, up in the Sioux, we wanted to launch with a big bang last year. And then this year... Everything changed because um, the funding sources, um, the Celebrate program was late and uh, it's put a lot of challenges. And then when you're going around to sell your sponsorships or starting up to get your local committees, when you don't know how much money you're operating with till we found out on Monday, uh, you have to make a plan B. So what we did for our sophomore year, just like a, a band would do uh, we had good songs and we put them on our, our second album but uh what what has happened here is we didn't have the marketing dollars to push it early on that we did we didn't get to do a big launch several months ago to capture the interest of the town so we've had to really um get into town get on the ground go around to businesses sell tickets bug the radio and the tv people to get on and to pu- pu- push it but um so it's a lot it's more labor intensive than even the first year and i, I know you don't find comfort in it but uh, unfortunately this year you're not the only ones uh looking at that that scenario with the celebrate uh, announcements and stuff well i, I think there's a, at least 12 or 15 festivals that happened after i mean before they found out the news and to mitigate risk you can't go spending dollars because the, the celebrate program is kind of like for a project that you plan to do that you're spending more money well you can't spend money if you don't have it so uh, what we did is we um uh, had to eliminate some of our programming we're not doing the big show at the big uh, gfl center like you know for 2500 people we you know we're not we don't have um that but what we did with our our talent is we we have most of the same talent, but we've put them in a, in a different venue and we're using the same venue for all our shows so that, um, you know, that saves costs and saves setup and saves labor and it's less stress in the volunteers and everybody knows what's happening. So we came up with a plan that we think works, but you really have to be careful the second year of a festival that um, you dot your I's, cross your T's and recognize that you may not have the same pizzazz as the big splash that you did the first year. So you've got to deliver on your content. And um, what I've been doing this week is going around talking with local businesses to start planning for next year and getting people out this year to say, look, this is the second year. We're not stopping. We're coming back year three, but we want you to participate. We want you to get involved and look what we can do and let's build on it for next year. And WTF can have a lot of different meetings, obviously. Uh, Last year you went more, I think it's fair to say, the adult comedy route. This year, what are you focusing on? 
Well, this year, like uh, we we found out that uh, you know some of our late night shows uh, we didn't get the crowds that we thought. So um, and we had a lot of feedback from the town that they wanted more things for the family. And our variety show was the first thing to sell out last year. So we based it on family uh, oriented variety. We have some workshops Saturday afternoon where kids can learn magic. They can learn improv. The whole family can participate. Our show Friday night is um, got, uh, we've got two guys called men in tights who can present a Shakespearean play using people from the audience in 20 minutes. Uh, we've got magic. We've got music and comedy with Sean Cullen. And we've got straight improv with um, Matt Barham and Naomi Sneakers, who are both Canadian Comedy Awards winners, best improv uh, performers. And um, that's exciting. And then Saturday night, we, what we did is we have, we're have screening the movie Grease, and Sean Cullen's hosting it. And, and it's all interactive with sing-along and props and records on the tables. And, and you know, we, uh, we're very excited about that. And then tonight, we start off with our... Um, celebrity poker uh tournament at the uh at the casino where comics sit at each table and there's a premium to knock the comic out of the competition and that's followed by our only adult show would be at the casino because it'll be nobody under 19. you must have a feeling or, or the community uh, of how it's going to go what are you, what are your thoughts uh leading into tonight well i think tonight uh the casino i know that they've sold out all the all the tables with the comics. So it's virtually a sellout for tonight. Tomorrow, uh, the ticket sales have been not that great, but everybody in town that I'm talking to says they're buying their tickets um, uh, at the door. Last year, we had a lot of packages and that's how we sold so many advanced tickets because there was a murder mystery train linked with uh, the show Friday night and the show Saturday night. And they were totally different shows. So we sold, sold a package. This year we went a la carte. And I think what happened is when you sell two, 300 packages in advance, then you, you can anticipate your numbers. But we didn't get to market, Dave. We didn't get to market quickly because we didn't know what we were going to market with because we didn't know how much we could spend. Okay, so we, we've got that aside. Let, let's just get more into a philosophical conversation with your first year, second year. Um, you know, it's tough. If, if you've got a, a product and, and you kick it off your very first year and it's a huge success, that second year, you're, you're, you know, it's tough to get into that second year because do you play with a formula that you know worked? Talk about that balancing act of, of recreating yourself year over year and... Oh, that's it. you're right when you say it's a balancing act because I'm uh, the creative director and I'm uh, started off consulting on how to how to do a festival and different sources of funding and how to approach sponsors. And so the first year, um, they had several funds they drew from in the north that they knew they had it, and they got a um, the tourism to St. Marie actually with the hotel association backstopped it. So we knew we had a, 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 this was our budget. It was going to be covered. Now let's go. And so we went out and we, we, we got the, like Russell Peters, one of the best, biggest names in comedy in the world. So we were able to like pretty well sell out the um, GFL center. So we were able to sell 2,500 seats. That's our base. The second year when we didn't knew we didn't have that huge cash behind us to start out to go get the huge name. So we decided saying, well, what can we do? And then, then when Celebrate was so late, it became philosophically, you can't recreate the huge things. So you're trying to recreate something that is going to draw a different audience, a more solid local audience. And that's what we tried to do with the family aspect of it. And then weather, the weather is going to be beautiful this weekend. 
everybody's going has has made plans to go to their camps as they call them their cottages so you get caught in in weather you get caught in people planning and you the biggest thing is not when you launch something you have all this press you have all the furor. we're having russell peters and we can we are not announced in march for our june event and so we started selling tickets in march we were only able to start selling tickets two weeks ago because we hadn't didn't know how much we had to spend, so we had locked down and we were waiting for the one big show. And we didn't couldn't go out and spend the fifty seventy five thousand dollars on a big name because we didn't know we had the money. And Tim, you know, it's 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 a tough lesson to learn for festivals, but I think it's a very important lesson. And you know, maybe you guys got through it the tough way, but counting on grants is almost uh, the end game to your festival. If you're going in year in year out. And I know starting up, it's a totally different story. But, you know, for those more established festivals that are going into every year counting on getting a grant, that's a dangerous game. Well, that's why we're our plan is to involve lots of local businesses at the grassroots level so that we have our base and calculate and start earlier, launch earlier so you can bring in what you can afford without the grant. Then you have a project saying, if we get it, then we can do this. And then if you don't get it, you can't do that. But you already have your foundation. You've already gone to market. If it's one learning thing that I've learned, if we would have went to market with what we had earlier, but we were waiting to see, because as a lot of people were waiting, you can't even sell your sponsorships. It's very difficult because if you said you're spending $50,000 on marketing, so much on radio, so much, you know, on social uh, media. You can say that we didn't know that figure. So what we should have done is said, go to with sell sponsorship saying, this is what we have. Like, you're right. Don't depend on the grant. This is what we have. This is what we're doing. We're going ahead with this. If this is to happen, we're going to come back to you and ask for more money because you're going to get more exposure as a sponsor. We're doing more advertising and we're doing more shows. But this is our base package. This is what happens. And I, I think locally in, in the communities where your festival is, if you build a strong base with the local um, stakeholders at a, at a reasonable level so that you know what your budget is, I think you can avoid this, this problem that we're in right now. Yeah, and I think it's important to have that. You know, a lot of people don't think of festivals as business. And, and it's so important to follow business models, whether it's, you know, creating a, a critical path, doing break-even analysis, and all of that. I know I've been involved with a few projects that, you know, at the start of it, I'm, I'm saying, well, what's our break-even analysis? And when we really went through the process and did it, we found out before we did anything, we were losing about $35 per entrant. So, so following yeah. all those business things are important things for, for festivals to think about and to plan into their process. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crucial. And I agree with you 100%. Don't plan on that government money. Don't plan on the handout. Don't even plan on the sponsorship. Say, look, if we sold 40% of our tickets and we choose the right marketing plan and we choose the right talent to attract people based on the feedback that we've gotten, then this is this is our base and then you go and you sell sponsorship based on that base and then then of course now it goes up a bit because you know we, you know when you're going after russell peters and, and dealing with these big agents they want you to put your offer in and your offers we couldn't do that 
we couldn't put our offer in for the big name talent. So what we could do is we said, okay, then let's build the best show and scale it down from 3,000 people to 600 people. And then we're going to entertain those 600 people as best we could. So that seems to be working. Uh, we'll know tonight when we count the ticket sales. But um, it's a good plan, and it made all our stakeholders happy. Tourism Sault Ste. Marie and Village Media and uh, the Hotel Association, the Delta and the Holiday Inn, and all those great people who have supported us, and the Honda dealership giving us cars, etc. We know that... Um, they're in it for the long run. That's what we're trying to do. And that's another thing that I think people should think about festivals. You don't want to get that sponsor coming in and, and giving you so much in the one year that you can't deliver the results. Yeah, that's the importance of sponsors becoming partners, right? You're, you're in this together and and it is a longer ride than a shorter, shorter jaunt. Because in, in these communities, they don't talent like we're bringing in very very often it's a very it's a very special thing and it, it makes the the town vibrant it's good for the locals and it also brings people here oh they've got this festival every year at this time oh you mean they're starting the Agua canyon train earlier see that's that was the first thing you had to go and that was one of our anchors you know we sold 200 uh, tickets and they were very expensive tickets to be on the murder mystery train and that was and that was part of a package so to get the train running is a commitment of like tens of like $20,000. You have to guarantee to start the train earlier than it normally starts. Well, we couldn't do that. So that's, that was a huge loss. So, you know, it's, it's, it's planning and then adjusting and then being willing to say, okay, we've scaled it down. We've got our ducks in a row. How can we build this for next year? and deliver a great show so that people leave. No matter what happens, if people leave saying it was the best thing that they can remember seeing and they laughed so hard, or it was the best music, whatever your festival is, it was great, then that's the best thing you can do is have people walk away satisfied. And Tim, you've been involved with festivals that have, um, you know, 10 years behind them. And I think when now now we're talking about different issues. So so we've talked about your second year jitters. We've talked about a, a government issue, which has been unfortunate this year. But, you know, at the end of yeah. the day, we all have to deal with it. When you get into a more mature festival setting and, and you've got a product that works, I think sometimes the the want um, from the board or from your volunteer base to change and tinker and monitor and they're so close to it because they've been working on it for 365 days that, you know, I think sometimes we all have to step back and remember that your customer experience, they enjoyed exactly what you gave them. And, and if you've got a good product, you've, you've got to have the ability to not tinker with it. Yeah. Um, the change for the sake of change um, alienates your customer base. And... Um, that's one lesson that, you know, we have to pay attention when we start planning for next year is that we did have that big headliner. We did have the train. So if we don't have those, what do we have? You know, we kept some elements of it the same, a big variety show and uh, the awards Dave Bobford and Roger Abbott. So we do have a couple of our anchors and people are very happy with that. And, um, and the put, you know, involving the casino and a poker night. So there's some elements you're saying, but you're right. When you start tinkering it just to change it because you might be bored with it, you got to remember that this may be the first time somebody's attending. Exactly. I remember a conversation with the, uh, and I'm, I'm bringing my Oktoberfest hat to bear here again. 
and and we were meeting with the folks from Berlin. And of course, one of our first questions is, what's new for this year? And it, you know, it came back very quick. What do you mean, what's new? We've been doing this the same way for 200 years. Why would we change? <laughs> Point, yeah. Yeah. period, <laughs> end of yeah. conversation. Yeah, so I think that's one of the, um, that's one of the things that we have to bring to our committee is, uh, and everybody is say, look, you know, the things that are working, we have to stick with them and focus on and, and make sure we deliver on those. Now, Tim, you've, with the WTF format, is this, uh, uh, and, and I know it's your creation, is this something that is permanent for Sault Ste. Marie? Is it something that you plan on moving around the, pro- the province and, and looking for other opportunities? Or Well, I think what we've, like, this was developed with the Tourism Sault Ste. Marie. So the, the big festival, this is their festival, and they want to make it permanent and so that everybody knows that the first full weekend in June is going to be WTF in Sault Ste. Marie. What we've discovered by doing some of the shows last year and then the show that's going to happen tomorrow night, the big uh, shock and awe variety show, is that um, the crowd last year was so wowed by having different forms of comedy in one place that everybody's so used to just having stand-up comedy. So we're developing a variety program that I think that show could tour as a, as an, uh, a marketing tool. Uh, to soft seat theaters to say, this is the WTF uh, Sault Ste. Marie uh, format. This is what we do. Here's our variety show. We're, we specialize in not just, you know, a bunch of guys or gals just telling, you know, jokes and in often case profane. This is a family oriented variety show where you're going to see magic. You're going to see improv. You're going to see stand up. You're going to see music. And it's going to, at the end of the show, you're going to go, wow, that's like watching the finals of America's Got Talent. So I think that's the brand we're trying to build. And is it the type of thing that you can tag on to another festival? For example, you know, you're in Burlington this weekend for the Sound of Music, and as part of their programming, they've got a variety show that the WTF folks are putting on. That's a distinct possibility. To be honest, you know, that we had talked about that and um, because other people were interested in having it. And I met with the Tourism Sault Ste. Marie people, and we decided that to have a touring show that would go let's say in the spring to a few places that left the thing come for the full experience. This is just one type of our shows. We also have this murder mystery train on the most legendary train ride in Canada. One of the top five tourist attractions in Canada. Um, we're going to have a, bring a major player into the arena every year. And then we're going to have workshops so you can learn improv and you can learn magic and, and, and these types of things. And then that, that way, it's kind of a marketing tool, not just to show that we're letting somebody else capitalize on what we're doing. We're trying to capitalize on what they're doing to say, come to Sault Ste. Marie the first weekend of June. So, Tim, I appreciate you stopping by to call today. Uh, I know you're busy. Uh, anything you want to last minute slide in uh, promoting the WTF up in Sault Ste. Marie this weekend? It's uh, WTFFest.ca, festival.ca is on the web and you can get tickets and all the information there. But um, I've been doing like comedy shows, producing comedy shows since 1982. And I, I honestly say that if people come to the show tomorrow night, that the lineup, Men in Tights, David Mary, Sean Cullen, Naomi Sneakers and Matt Barham, Martha Chavez, when you leave and you see the way we've ordered it and the way we're presenting the show, I think you'll even say that's amongst the best live comedy shows I've ever seen. And I will stake that against any show anywhere. 
Uh, Tim, I know you've had some unfortunate uh, situations with the funding and stuff this year. Uh, from all of us at Festivals and Events Ontario, we wish you all the best and hope for a successful campaign. And and I'm hoping that our listeners are, are getting some notes as they plan future festivals around granting and anticipating and planning. You know, I think you had some good tidbits in there on how to work around it that, uh, you know, we've got to get our members not counting on and and... And, yeah. and building that secondary models. Yes. You know, unfortunately this year we went from A to B to C to D in terms of planning because we had to, you know, really dance a lot. But it was a good learning experience for everybody here because it's going to force us to get out into the community and get those partners so people in the community are thinking about it year-round. Tim, again, we thank you for stopping by. All the best of luck this year. Thanks so much, Dave, and uh, have, a, have a great weekend. Remember... Festivals build communities. Thanks for listening to Feel on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Fio on the Air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our Fio members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. Fio on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.